Support for this podcast comes from CLR Clear. Fight back against annoying household messes with CLR Clear. CLR Clear is tough on dirt and grime all around your home, and we're not just talking about calcium, lime, and rust. They have an entire lineup of cleaning products for your kitchen, bathroom, garage, and more. Visit clrbrands.com to learn more. CLR Clear, fight the clean fight. Eileen Fisher designs simple clothes to make your life easier. Timeless pieces in high-quality materials that are responsibly sourced for less impact on the environment and more positive impact in the world. Visit EileenFisher.com and use offer code GIRLFRIEND to receive $25 off your $100 purchase. That's EileenFisher.com, offer code GIRLFRIEND for $25 off. Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda... Famous dudes creeping on the internet and being creeps generally. Contraceptive sponges and other things that get stuck up there. What's going on? <laughs> I feel like we did that like really well. I'm very impressed with us. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say that's how we opened the last episode. I was going to say, how are you doing? Um, I am doing good. It is raining and I'm really annoyed because I would rather be at the beach. Well, not rather be at the beach right now than recording with you, but I would like to be at the beach later. Where are and you? I, <laughs> I am in beautiful Hawaii. It is stupid beautiful here. I don't know why we don't live here. It's kind of ridiculous. Maybe that's a good plan for when I decide that three hours time difference away from my editors is not enough. I need to go six hours. <laughs> then, then it's Hawaii <laughs> when I'm like, ah, my day pretty much ends early. Listen, it's really, it's really weird. I feel very, I feel like very far away from everyone, which is kind of the point of coming here. But yeah, it's like by the time we wake up, all of life has happened. I kind of love that. It forces you to be chill. It, Hawaii is notoriously chill. It's <laughs> like, I didn't know that like chill could perturb me until I ended up here. Like people are way too chill about stuff. But um, what is going on? I've been taking surfing lessons. What? Oh um, my gosh, tell me. <laughs> tell me everything. Here's everything. I suck really bad, which I already knew. But I'm having so much fun. Are you popping also, up? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Pop okay, up. You're supposed to pop up. It's like literally hours of like trying to stay on the board. And then when you do it like on the beach, you're, you feel so accomplished. And then you go on the water and you realize that only witches can do it. Like it's so ridiculous. Sea witches. Oh, man. And something is hard. Like I knew that obviously. But, like, now that I'm just trying to, like, stand up and fight for my life, I know how much harder it is. And then you're like, fuck, I'm, like, chained to this board and I'm going to drown. I was never afraid of water until now. I'm terrified of surfing. I'm so impressed right now that you're even attempting it. I mean, there's, like, nothing else to do. <laughs> except for, for risk your life yeah, except on a for, tiny like, board kayaking. in the ocean. What have I been doing? Kayaking, like a crazy shoeless hike 
because we were uh, we were wearing flip flops and then decided that it was better to go without shoes. I'll send you pictures. I like cried. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm in touch with this like outdoorsy side of myself that I'm like not happy about. Not happy. Yeah, because it's it's like scary. You're just like, oh, I could die on this cliff, but look at how beautiful it is. Yeah, I mean, the extent of my outdoorsiness is I took like a stoner hike on Monday, and there I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I I walked past. This is how non strenuous it was. I walked past a goth teen in like a full leather, black leather outfit out for like a scorching summer hike. And I Whoa. was just, I had a whole new respect for different types of being in nature. <laughs> what is the goth kid doing hiking? That's what I want to know. I mean, goth's got to stay healthy too, I guess. But I was like risking, like risking everything in those leather pants. Like, can you imagine <laughs> what happens to your legs when you hike in leather pants? You probably die. I don't know. Like you come home and you die. I will tell so... you this, that teen was ascending, not descending the mountain. So who knows what happened? <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's also that, you know, like, when you're away from everything and kind of everybody that you know, it's, like, a good way to reset your, like, embarrassment and, like, being silly mode. Like, I've fallen more times than I can count (laughs) in the last couple of days. Like, these kids, like, there's, like, literally babies in my surf class and they're better than me. I fell off a canoe yesterday because I was stoned and not paying attention. <laughs> um, yeah, I like hit some other dude with a paddle for a different reason on accident. Like I just, I'm like learning to be chill about like not really being together right now. I think that's okay. I think like I think actually that sounds like the most therapeutic point of view on nature and being outdoorsy that maybe I've ever heard. Yeah, just, you know, just trying to be Mahalo chill, man. Like, it's crazy out here. Mahalo. I love it. Mahalo chill. want to talk about unchill things on the internet yes please talk to me about unchill things because i'm so blissed out and like confused (laughs) there have been some famous dudes acting like creeps things happening i mean that's always happening but shocker i know but it is sort of in the past week been a thing that has been called out one of the Mad Men actors who plays a creep on Mad Men. um and i want to talk about this man specifically first of all he played a creep on One Tree Hill, which is a show that I hope that you have never seen. I've only seen <laughs> the credits because it used to come on after something like Gossip Girl or something else I watched. Shout out to all my college roommates. You know exactly who you are. I will not shame you. But One Tree Hill was like very divisive in our household and friendship circle because I hated it so much, but we had to watch it because it was the one particular lady. Um... Paul Johansson was the worst dad that TV has ever seen. Dan Scott, like, the worst. He played, like, an asshole on Mad Men. He's who sexually harassed Joan, but, like, saw it coming a mile away from One Tree Hill. Right. And then, surprise, he's also a sexual harasser IRL. I know, right? It's like he's not a good actor. He's, like, actually, like, that's him. Right. 
or so, like, according to some women who work for BuzzFeed who had him in to do one of those gift sequences that BuzzFeed does where they have actors react to various scenarios. And he said all kinds of horrible things. And then, of course, promptly sent, like, a statement via his lawyer denying lots of it. But they caught some of it on camera. And, of course, it's just, like, it's so gross and it's so expected. You know, also, when I was reading this account about from the woman at BuzzFeed, the thing that, like, struck me so much was how completely irritating and even embarrassing it is to be harassed in your own workplace, you know? Right. You, like, get dressed in the morning, you, like, come in, you put on your, like, boss lady face, and you're gonna get your shit done, and somebody just completely destabilizes you that way. It's so demeaning. Yeah, I mean, she is she is just like, okay, we're setting you up for this shot. I'm making a little bit of small talk. I am a professional person. This is not, like over drinks at some networking event or like anything that idiots like to call a gray zone when it comes to workplace sexual harassment. It's the worst. Yeah, you know, and also just because he obviously knew what he was doing. He's doing it in front of other women, his publicist is there, like just the level of comfort that he feels to just make them feel this way is awful. Yeah. Um, and there's this line in the in the BuzzFeed article where this woman writes, with his hand on my back for the second time, he asked, do you ever take people in there and make out with them? Referring to like a recording space in the office. Like, ew. <laughs> uh, touching I mean, strangers, like one, never okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, dudes who touch your back. Like when I read that, I was like, I just picture his hand on like the small of her back in that creepy way that creepy dudes do. Ugh. It's such a, like, it's a power dynamic that, like, if you're a woman, you completely understand, right? There are his words, and then there's the actual body language. Yeah. (laughs) And you just know when you are encountering, like, creep vibe. And it's really hard to describe. Yeah, but it's definitely, like, trying to assert a dominance over the space that you're in. All of that stuff is power moves. It's not like, I actually want to go in there and make out with you right now. It's like, hey, look how how I own this situation, and I'm a big, powerful dude. My favorite thing to do is whenever people touch me inappropriately, and by inappropriately, I mean at all, like if I don't know <laughs> you, please don't judge me, is to point it out to them and how embarrassed they immediately become. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, like, this is a workplace. I don't need you giving me a hug. I don't need you putting your hand on my shoulder. Like, that. Like it's never okay. Never. Uh, to quote Snoop Dogg, step back, step back. You don't know me like that. <laughs> Correct. Uh, elsewhere in creepy dudes on the internet, another BuzzFeed employee, although this disconnected to her work at BuzzFeed, named Gabby Dunn, has been calling out and collecting stories from young women about how famous men creep on them and their direct messages, hit on them in creepy ways, if they do actually date them, how they use photos of those women and how they use their celebrity to kind of shame and demean them. And and sometimes, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just, is again, totally expected. And in some ways, an extension of old school groupie culture moved online where they don't have to be even in front of their managers or whatever they don't have to be seen as creeping on young women they can just like privately message them and meet up with them and then mock them for it later which is you know what textbook um, right like textbook textbook. yeah so many women are submitting her 
chat records and DM logs that just have maybe their name blocked out or a few identifying details, the same names come up over and over and over. There is a storify of a lot of these tweets that we can link to. But women, be suspicious of famous dudes messaging you. Yeah, you know, a couple of months ago, there was this big controversy in the tech world with this older technological writer man. (laughs) I love how, like, I'm so upset. I don't even want to say what he does. Vivek Wadwa. Oh, yeah. Who uh, basically was seen as harassing women. He wrote a book about women in tech and claimed to be a champion of women in technology. But surprise, surprise, when the like loudest voice about women in tech is a man, everybody has eye rolls. <laughs> and there is this whole episode like you should listen to on WNYC with this great reporter, Meredith Haggerty, where he just exhibits like all of the clear signs of the creep vibe, right? But this episode was so explosive because so many people in tech knew him and everybody was like, no, but he's like, you know, he's a dad. He's a good person. He would never do that. And I don't remember if it was Meredith Haggerty or Amelia Greenwald, the first woman who really leveled the accusations against him, who talked about this metaphor of the direct message on Twitter as the hand on the knee of Twitter. Oh, and I that's like so good. completely, I love that. Because it's like, yes, you're absolutely right. Unsolicited DMs from, like, men <laughs> are, they're so awful. They're so awful. And a lot of times, you know, like, these dudes will DM you and be like, oh, I'm taking the conversation to a more private place or whatever. You know, this is a way to, like, get into your other, like, get your email or get your phone number. And to them, it's perfectly normal. And realizing that, like, for some of us, we see it as a very predatory thing, like taking the, removing the conversation from a public place and taking it into a private place when we haven't really invited you there. Yeah. And also just, I don't know, I, I think that the argument that famous men are allowed to, like, date too doesn't hold up when you look at the tone of a lot of this stuff. The hand on the knee thing, I can't stop thinking about that. Because it's not, the language is not like, hey, I'm dealing with you as an equal. It's like, hey, I can have you whenever I want, what time? It's really, really offensive. It's so offensive. It makes you feel so small. It makes you feel crazy also, because then you start thinking about like what you've done that's invited this kind of attention which a lot of times is nothing right just like being a young woman (laughs) yeah you're like i'm just breathing and one article that i really liked also kind of in this vein is this like great writer lily benson who got i'm so in love with her she's the best who wrote um this thing on i think it was on deadspin maybe about like how to talk to girls on twitter without coming off like a creepy rando Mm -hmm. and she just like kind of breaks it down (laughs) like here are, like, the 20 different ways that you can make us feel uncomfortable. And if you want to be, like, a good dude, please adhere to some of these. Oh, I support that. I think that's good. But I, I think that in some ways we're talking about two different groups of dudes. Like, I think may- maybe there's a tiny overlap in that Venn diagram of, like, well-meaning men who come across as threatening and creepy. But most of the time I think that there is, like, these are actively predatory or semi-predatory men who are like, here's a woman who is really attractive and half my age, and I'm going to use my fame as, like, leverage to get her to do what I want. No, yeah, I agreed. I think that there are two separate things. I think that the overlap is is there. The, the thing, I think, for me that is 
that is so telling, you know, is that with the famous guys, like the guys that Gabby's calling out, mm-hmm. is how the fame is the leverage, but it's also the shield, you know? Like, they <laughs> would never, once they get caught, it, it's always like the same script. Oh, I was just trying to help you, or please, I'm too famous to be dealing with you, or you are trying to encroach on all this territory. And I find it really interesting that all of these women now have receipts, basically, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> and it, but it's like, what are we going to do with the receipts? Because we have a really short collective memory. Mm. Yeah, and I think, too, that if you don't recognize the power that you have as someone who is famous or, like, more professionally accomplished or any number of things that amount to power in this society, then that is also a red flag. Like, if you can't acknowledge that and, and sort of say, maybe I shouldn't hit on way younger women this way, even if I'm only doing it this one time. (laughs) Right? Like, maybe if I'm James Franco, I shouldn't be, like, Instagram DMing with a 17-year-old. Right. Exactly. And not because I'm afraid I'm going to get caught, but, like, if if you're not genuinely a creep, like, doesn't this occur to you that it could be a problem? I don't know. I don't understand. And maybe it's, like, a function of not having, like, too much power. I understand why, like, powerful people wouldn't rather be on the same level as other powerful people as opposed to exploiting people who can't really do anything for them. Right. Maybe that was a really crass way of putting that, but, you know. Right. Um, I'm just like, I don't see, I don't see what the point is of getting your ego strokes by, well, I guess the point is that you're a creep. (laughs) Right. It's so, ugh, so annoying. Just shout out to the women who are calling this out and shout out to women who have been personally victimized by dudes like this. We support you. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Maybe does, uh, do you burn have any in other a fire, burn in a fire. All those guys. Yes, that's a great message. All all Internet creepy dudes and IRL creepy. dudes. I know it's like you're saying that. And then now, like all of the creeps that I know are just like flashing like they're before just, like, your eyes. flashing before my eyes. Everyone knows them. Like, everyone's Everybody knows them, and you know what I mean? Like, everybody's been in that situation. Like, I certainly have. Right. Well, and the thing, too, that always strikes me about just how much shame surrounds this and how women think that, like, they are alone and stupid in being, letting themselves, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it, letting themselves. (laughs) And trust, I saw them. (laughs) be, Be targeted by men like this, when, in fact, if they only knew, like, how many other women were in the same position, perhaps targeted by the same man, maybe those feelings would be a little different. So I very much applaud all the women who are tweeting screenshots tweeting the receipts if you will of these conversations and coming forward about it because every generation has its challenges some would say that's the reason for its progress it might start with a small act of kindness or a big idea that changes everything it can come from the tiniest voice or the voice of a generation or it could come from me i mean not to I am one of six change-making women featured in Eileen Fisher's Good Goes On campaign this spring. The campaign highlights women empowering women, the importance of sustainability, and the power of good design. Eileen started in 1984 with the idea that simple clothes can make life easier. And after spending a day on set wearing a super comfortable ultra-chic jumpsuit, I think she's really on to something. As a company, Eileen Fisher believes doing well by doing good, and that's reflected in the way their clothes are made. 
Timeless styles and quality materials that are responsibly sourced for less impact on the environment and a more positive impact on the world. It was a real honor to be featured in this campaign and meet the other women making a difference in their community. I've been a longtime Eileen Fisher fan, so this was a dream come true for me. You can visit EileenFisher.com and use the offer code GIRLFRIEND to receive $25 off of your $100 purchase. That's EileenFisher.com, offer code GIRLFRIEND for $25 off. Yes. Like, I was telling you completely separately about how I've been watching the Anita Hill hearings. Mm -hmm. Different scenario, different context, but a lot of it still applies. And how the hearing went from being about what she had experienced with Clarence Thomas and quickly became an attack on her own character. Like, she was the person that they were trying to confirm for Supreme Court nominee, which is insane. It was so insane. And it... I was watching this and I honestly like I could not believe the line of questioning. And here's this woman who is like a she's like a law professor. She is so smart in a completely different context like she would have been the one that they were trying to confirm. It completely blew her career up and you know like obviously she's reinvented and did these amazing things for herself but not everybody is that resilient. But just this persistence that a lot of people have that women level out this kind of accusations to get ahead it's always like tell me like which woman has ever gotten ahead from (laughs) leveling harassment or assault or you know like any kind of those claims but it's still like that still persists and also just the personal sacrifice that she made not just in the moment to show up at those hearings and share like her truth the way that she did but also the fact that forevermore, she's not Anita Hill, noted legal scholar. She's like Anita Hill, a name we all associate with a totally shameful sexual harassment like moment in our nation's history. You know what yeah, I mean? No. Like, she's shorthand for that now. It's not fair. <laughs> it's no, it's not. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. And I like and honestly, I was like, obviously, like I knew who Anita Hill was. I'd watch the documentary. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. All of that stuff, but watching the hearings, like, in their entirety, I don't know that I would have been able to do that. Hmm. And her, like, family is there, and they're asking her all these, like, absurd sexual questions. They're questioning her motives. They're getting, like, students to talk about her pubic hair. Just, like, madness. Actual madness. But, you know, the result of that is, of that kind of targeting, honestly, is it intimidates other women. I mean, yeah. It's like, imagine, you know, it's like Anita Hill, she... Like, she could do it. I don't know that I could have done it. God knows. And the thing that I didn't know until I'd watched a documentary last year is that she actually didn't want her disclosures to be public. She sent them privately, and she got exposed. Whoa. It's like the FBI came around because she had worked with Clarence Thomas before. Also, the most absurd part of all of this, which I always forget, is that um, it was at, like, the... Equal Employment Office. Wow. Which is just like, yes, that's like a lull for another day. (laughs) She had done this like really quietly. She was like, here's what I know. Sent her letter in, never wanted her name in, whatever. And then like the whole thing became a witch hunt. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) Just like, ugh. This is the kind of stuff for me that like really bums me out is that you want everybody to do the right thing and to disclose and to be proud and to not have shame. It's like if I were giving advice to somebody that I loved, I would obviously tell them to stand up for themselves. 
But I also don't see what the upside of it is, you know, like publicly. Right, like on a personal. And that really, yeah, on, yeah, and that like really bums me out. Yeah, you basically have to be a martyr for like the greater cause of womanity if, you know, you decide to go forward and be public. Or you have to accept that as a possibility, I guess. And it's, I know. that is horrible. I guess maybe if more of us martyred ourselves, it will get better faster. Right. But, but yeah, I don't. I don't see how you can get upset with any woman for not coming forward individually if that's, you know, as long as that's the case. Oh, my God. Ugh. When is it going to change? Uh, <laughs> Make it change, Anne. <laughs> Cue to me taking off my headphones and exiting my closet and just crying <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like put on one of your capes. No, I mean, like, I can't go cry. Just in like my storm out. I'm already in my closet. I have to go somewhere else and cry. Oh my god. Okay. Well, let's talk about ladies. Else. It's hard out there. It's Good hard. luck. We support you. <laughs> yes. It's like good night and be good to each other. Ugh. want to read one of these other questions man okay let's do an easy question because some of these are bummer okay i don't know if this is a question but this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) sophie from san diego hi sophie almost 30 sorry do we need names we haven't done names in the past or should we Oh, Sophie from San Diego wanted to be referred to okay my bad sorry to cut it Almost 30 years ago, a contraceptive, today sponge, got stuck in my vagina, and I had to ask my college boyfriend of six months to roll up his sleeve and go fishing for it. He broke up with me shortly thereafter, never citing this incident as the tipping point, but 30 years later, I can see how that might have been a deal breaker for a 22-year-old (laughs) man-child. Not sure if any of your listeners, or anyone for that matter, use the today sponge. Also, not sure if you can mention the name of this product for fear of any legal implications from talking about the product's potential from getting stuck up there. I think we can talk about it. I'll consult our CYG legal eagles, but I'm pretty sure it's okay. If women's magazines can do It Happened to Me, I think we can do this. Right? It happens. It happens to me. Just wondering if I'm the only one. Are there other things that we intentionally place up our vaginas that get stuck other than tampons all in the name of preventing a crimson flow onto our panties or menstrual cycle from disappearing for nine months i'm learning a lot from your podcast sophie i'm learning a lot from you first of all i did not know what the today sponge was and i looked it up um you can buy it over the counter at amazon that's how i know that the government does not take it seriously because they're not, like, trying to get seven doctors to write you a prescription. The thing about the Today Sponge is that it was already a punchline in the 90s because there was an episode of Seinfeld. I think it was Seinfeld. I was not the biggest Seinfeld watcher. Anyway, where the question... <laughs> I've seen four Seinfeld episodes. Right. It's okay. <laughs> where the question is, is he sponge-worthy? Because they had been discontinued, and I believe Elaine had a stockpile of Today Sponges where she was like... Is this is this worth it sex wise? So <laughs> I assume that like you have to take it out when you're having sex. 
Um, uh, no, I don't think you do. I think the opposite is you put it in to have sex. I feel like that episode of Orange is the New Black when they're talking about where the clitoris is. I'm just like, where do you put the sponge? Yeah. Okay. Um, So definitely, definitely it was Seinfeld. I just Googled this and definitely you put it in before you have sex a la a diaphragm or something. Oh, this is even more nefarious than I thought. The sponge is like soaking in spermicide. Like it's basically like a porous trap to kill all the sperm <laughs> this is insane <laughs> so, this is insane i just man vaginas are so hardcore I, I don't even know what to say you know i i have never had a tampon stuck in my vagina but i thought i did <laughs> and it prompted me to go to the doctor because i thought i was going crazy um, many years ago, I was uh, having a brief fling with the Nuva ring. <laughs> oh did not last my long. god! And it, it, I would not say it was like stuck, stuck, but I definitely had an extended period of time in the bathroom trying to remove it. I don't really know what happened, but it was it was like up there weird, and yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that ended my flirtation with that particular contraceptive method. I'm gonna tell you what ended my flirtation with the Nuva Ring was like finding it next to me, like every time I woke up or I was watching TV. Like it just simultaneously like ejected, or sorry, just like spontaneously ejected. You know, from your I don't body. know. Maybe I have like wide set hips or something. Like it would just would not stay. Which you know, like if you want to use your TMI like imagination like take that as far as you can it just <laughs> never stayed in place and I was like I'm done Nuvering is as far as I've played with like inserting like birth control mm. um, but yeah you know when I thought I had that tampon stuck <laughs> I just I thought I was going crazy like I looked for it everywhere <laughs> I even called I like called um, you know like Phoebe who is you know it's like if you think that you have a st- tampon stuck in your vagina, who are you going to call? Phoebe, obviously. A very dexterous woman who is good under pressure. Seriously, I like called Phoebe because I was freaking out and I didn't know what to do, you know, and she's like, calm down, have a whiskey, <laughs> let's look for it, do you want me to look for it, do you want me to come over and look for it, like, what's going on? And then I was like, Phoebe, I just don't know where it could be, and she's like, if it's not in there, it's not in there, basically, like, yelled at me, and I was like, man, she's right, like, it did not travel up my throat, like, <laughs> just, I just did not, you know, like, it obviously, like, fell in the toilet at some point, right. and I, you know, when there's, like, too much blood, you can't tell. This is what happens when you can't trust your own cervix. The <laughs> cervix is real. That is a real barrier. It's not... No, a- <laughs> it's so crazy. And I went to the doctor, and this is the doctor that, like, basically saved my life. <laughs> because it turned out that I had all these other, like, fucked up issues. Whoa. But I went to her because I thought I had a tampon stuck in there. So the phantom tampon actually really helped you. The phantom the phantom tampon <laughs> is what saved my life, for real. Ugh. Phantom tampon saved my life is, will be a great chapter in the graphic novel of your life. I really thought I was going crazy. (laughs) I was just like, where can it be? (laughs) Where can it be? If anybody else uses Today Sponge, please email us. I'm dying to know who else is using it. Like, currently uses the Today Sponge, not like 30 years ago, but today. Oh yeah. Today, Today Sponge. 
Also, I love the bit about the boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> I, I was so enthralled by today's sponge, I like glossed over the fact that somebody else tried to go fish for it. Um, yeah, that guy's probably still traumatized. I mean, great. Just great. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think everybody has boundaries and we have to respect them. I think that's true, but I also think that, like, presumably she was having sex with this boyfriend, and if you're not willing to roll up your sleeves and go looking for a lost contraceptive in the vagina of the person you're sleeping with, like, and maybe you should not that is a bold claim. <laughs> I mean, of course, if the, if the owner of the vagina wants you up there, like, of course, but, like, if you're called to action, I think you have to and, respond. But what if they're, like, not into it? I mean... Not for blood reasons, but, like, legitimately, like... I would not go fishing for anything up somebody's peen if I had to. I mean, it's a slightly different anatomical thing. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. Bodies are... If someone Some was like, in order are... to continue sleeping with this peen, you have to swab it in this crisis situation or something, I would be like, okay. Man, I really <laughs> would have to love you. <laughs> I mean, she said I boyfriend. Know. She didn't say, like, a guy I slept with once. I assume they were I don't in a know, but what if he, like, I don't know. Listen, she says he was a 22-year-old man-child, and I believe her. But also, I'm gonna, oh my god, you snorted. Is that a first? Oh no, I kicked the bottom of my mic stand. Oh, I thought you snorted. I got so excited. <sighs> anyway. I'm... And this is serious. I love it. Imagine if, I don't know. You had to go, I don't even, I don't even know what the corollary is. If you had to, like, dig up somebody's prostate, would you do it? I mean... That you had been dating. This is getting very personal very fast. Who is 22? (laughs) Very personal very fast. I'm just saying, especially when you are the, like, for a heterosexual couple, if you're the woman in that couple and you're the one who's, like, dealing with putting, like, a spermicide-soaked sponge up your vagina, like, and you're in a panic mode about it, the least your partner, who would otherwise be impregnating you if you hadn't taken this action, if he's unwilling to assist, I think that is, like, you know, kind of a fireable offense. Access denied. Jury, the jury's hung on this one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, not like someone you slept with once, but like a partner or a boyfriend. I think it's fair. Or, yeah, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, shout out, Phoebe. Thank you for being a real friend. (laughs) Good advice. Travel down the road and back again. Everybody needs a Phoebe in their lives. Truth. Uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah, that sounds good. There's a disclosure that we've been meaning to make in every episode. Actually, we haven't been meaning to make. We forgot because we were the worst. But there is a wonderful woman whose birthday is this week. She turns 29. What, what? Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Gina Delvac, our podcast witch, who ably produces and edits every episode of this podcast. We would be nothing without her. We love her. We thank her. She's going to dominate 29 and all of her 30s. While she's doing that, you can find us so many places on the internet. <laughs> Callyourgirlfriend.com, on Twitter at callyrgf, in our Gmail inbox at uh, callyrgf at gmail.com, and on iTunes, where you can rate us and leave us a review if you're feeling charitable. Produced by Gina Delva. <laughs> <laughs> 
TV announcer produced. I want to get auto-tuned just so I can do it in auto-tune. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah. I want to see if it's produced by Gina Delmack, like in T-Pain voice. Yes. Okay, goals. <laughs> <laughs> see you on the internet. See you on the internet. <laughs>